Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 40. Fleeing felon sentenced on firearms charge, off-duty cop wounded stopping attacker, and police chief killed by coronavirus slotted for service. From Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the news reports a felon who ran from the scene of a traffic stop leaving behind a loaded pistol with an attached high-capacity extended magazine was sentenced today to more than five years in federal prison. Prequandis Lecky Holmes, age 29 from Waterloo, Iowa, received the prison term after a guilty plea to possession of a firearm by a felon. In August 2018, Holmes was traveling in a vehicle when it was stopped by the police. Holmes told the driver to take off and then ran away, leaving a pistol with an attached high-capacity extended magazine in the vehicle. Law enforcement found Holmes' DNA on the pistol. Holmes has previous convictions for intimidation with a dangerous weapon. Reckless use of a firearm, assault causing bodily injury, eluding, and flight to avoid prosecution, Holmes was sentenced in Cedar Rapids by United States District Court Judge C. J. Williams. Holmes was sentenced to 70 months imprisonment. He must also serve a three-year term of supervised release after the prison term. There is no parole in the federal system. This case was brought as part of Project Safe Neighborhoods. Project Safe Neighborhoods is the centerpiece of the Department of Justice's violent crime reduction efforts. Project Safe Neighborhoods is an evidence-based program proven to be effective at reducing violent crime. Through Project Safe Neighborhoods, a broad spectrum of stakeholders work together to identify the most pressing violent crime problems in the community and develop comprehensive solutions to address them. As part of this strategy, Project Safe Neighborhoods focuses enforcement efforts on the most violent offenders and partners with locally based prevention and reentry programs for lasting reductions in crime. This case is also part of Project Guardian, the Department of Justice's signature initiative to reduce gun violence and enforce federal firearms laws. Initiated by the Attorney General in the fall of 2019, Project Guardian draws upon the department's past successful programs to reduce gun violence enhances coordination of federal, state, local, and tribal authorities in investigating and prosecuting gun crimes, improves information sharing by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives when a prohibited individual attempts to purchase a firearm and is denied by the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, to include taking appropriate actions when a prospective purchaser is denied for mental health reasons and ensures that federal resources are directed at the criminals posing the greatest threat to our communities. The United States Attorney's Office has prosecuted this case with support from our Project Guardian partners. Holmes is being held in the United States Marshal's custody until he can be transported to a federal prison. The case was prosecuted by Assistant United States Attorney Emily K. Nidal and investigated by a federal task force composed of the Waterloo Police Department, Federal Bureau of Investigation, and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms assisted by the Black Hawk County Sheriff's Office and Cedar Falls Police Department. From San Francisco, California, the Mercury News Report's newly released surveillance video shows a frenzied confrontation early Sunday in which a man was seen attacking gas station patrons, fighting with and getting shot by an off-duty cop, withstanding a police taser, and taking off in a patrol vehicle before he was later shot and killed by police. The suspect was formally identified Monday as 35-year-old Antioch resident Justin Silvernail. The people he injured, a San Francisco police sergeant and a civilian whose name was not publicly disclosed, 
were both treated for stabbing injuries at a local hospital and were expected to recover. Law enforcement sources told this news organization that the sergeant, a detective just coming off an overnight shift, suffered a slash wound to his neck. It was not immediately clear what prompted the gas station attacks, in which Silvernail allegedly tried to carjack two people before the off-duty officer got involved. The victims appear to have been randomly targeted, San Mateo County District Attorney Steve Wagstaff said, adding that mental illness and drug abuse are factors being explored in his office's investigation of the encounter. The victims were in the wrong place at the wrong time, Wagstaff said. This seems to be a desperate man who was willing to harm others. We're going to investigate what was behind all of this. Security footage obtained by this news organization shows that around 5:25 a.m. Sunday, a man can be seen attacking two men near an SUV parked by a Chevron gas pump near the Mini Mart and accompanying a restaurant at 110 Hickey Boulevard. The San Francisco sergeant, who is filling up his pickup truck at a nearby pump, sees the confrontation and runs over to intervene. The man, since identified as Silvernail, rushes the officer several times and appears to make contact with him at least once. The two then make their way to the rear of the gas station area near the drive through lane. At some point, the sergeant fired one shot at the suspect. Authorities say Silvernail was wounded, although in the video he falls down more than once but is clearly mobile. At one point, while lying on his back in the drive through lane, the man repeatedly makes what look like slashing motions at his own throat. Wagstaff confirmed that the suspect was hit once in the torso by a bullet fired by the off-duty San Francisco sergeant. No matter what time of day it is or where you are, police officers are always on the job. Our officer showed true heroism in risking his life to protect others from a violent attacker, suffering a knife wound in the process. Tony Montoya, president of the San Francisco Police Officers Association, said in a statement, This is yet another example that police officers must always be vigilant, and we are thankful he is safe and will recover from his injuries, a few minutes later on the video. South San Francisco police officers arrive, and the man is surrounded by the officers in front of the mini-mart, one of the officers deploys a taser on the man, and he appears to be briefly incapacitated, but he eventually gets up from the ground, as the assembled officers maintain distance from the suspect, they watch as he casually ambles to the driver's side of a parked police vehicle, gets inside and drives away. The other police officers quickly get into their patrol vehicles and chase after him. That's when police say Silvernail drove about a mile west to the Kaiser Permanent Medical Offices, also on Hickey Boulevard, and tried to drive through security gates leading to the parking garage, driving over tire spikes on the way and flattening all four of the police vehicle's tires. The suspect then ran a pursuing patrol vehicle before exiting, pulling out his knife, and confronting another officer. Police said, authorities added that after they repeatedly ordered Silvernail to surrender, three officers opened fire, Silvernail died at the scene. Wagstaff said the three South San Francisco officers who fired their weapons were placed on paid administrative leave while his office conducts an investigation that follows every officer involved shooting in the county. The San Francisco Police Department said Monday that its sergeant was also placed on administrative leave. Rep. Bill Heisinga a Republican, representing Michigan's 2nd Congressional District writes in the Washington Times that the coronavirus pandemic has dramatically changed how we interact with one another, how we earn an income, 
and how we live our daily lives, while the majority of the country is under statewide stay-at-home orders to bend the curve and save lives, our first responders, as well as the men and women serving on the front lines against the coronavirus in the medical community, are facing an unprecedented challenge, to support and recognize these incredible and courageous individuals during our nation's time of need. He has introduced the Helping Emergency Responders Overcome Emergency Situations Act. The HEROES Act would create a four-month federal income tax holiday for healthcare workers and first responders battling the coronavirus. This legislation is modeled after the tax holiday our military service members receive while they are actively serving in a combat zone. From the podium at the White House to the conversations happening in homes across the country, there is a firm understanding that we are at war, not against a military foe but a deadly virus. Under the HEROES Act, first responders, medical professionals, and senior caregivers working in a county with at least one positive COVID-19 patient would be eligible for the tax holiday. This includes law enforcement officers, corrections officers, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, nurses, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, doctors, pharmacists, hospital and licensed medical facility support staff, and senior care facility staff members, whether an individual is administering care performing clinical support, sanitizing equipment, or cleaning patient rooms in a licensed medical facility, they are included in this legislation. The HEROES Act also includes a provision to address potential protracted hot spots around the country. The bill grants the authority to the Secretary of the Treasury to extend the tax holiday for an additional three months. This means if a community sees a spike in conditions outside the initial four-month window, the federal income tax exemption could be extended for healthcare workers and first responders serving in that community. Perhaps now more than any time in our lifetimes, we are in need of the high-quality care that is being provided by doctors and medical professionals across the nation. Equally, we have again called on our first responders, whose ranks have been depleted in communities such as Detroit, Michigan because of positive tests for the coronavirus, yet despite the challenges we are currently facing, the thin blue line and the thin red line continue to answer the call and rush into harm's way when we need them most. As Congress continues discussions on relief legislation to address the coronavirus, our economy, and our healthcare system, the HEROES Act should be an integral part of the conversation, if enacted into law. This legislation will have a direct benefit on the healthcare workers and first responders who are saving lives in the middle of this pandemic daily. The HEROES Act is a well-deserved thank you to those risking their lives to save and protect us. From Ambridge, Pennsylvania, TribLive reports Police Chief Mark J. Ramutis was lauded as the People's Policeman in a statement on the Bro's Facebook page, but he was more than that, former colleague Robert Schwarzwelder said Monday. Ramutis was just an all-around wonderful guy, said Schwarzwelder, a Pittsburgh officer who is president of the Fraternal Order of Police Fort Pitt Lodge 1. Romulus, 64, of Conway, died Sunday, April 12, 2020. He had been recovering from COVID-19 after a March 20th diagnosis. Ambridge officials said he died from complications related to the disease. He had been told last Thursday that he could go back to work, Beaver County District Attorney David Lozier said. Then he had a sudden turn on Friday or Saturday. Romulus also was dedicated to his wife Renee and their son Sam, the Post said. Romitis stepped in as interim chief in Ambridge in 2018 to replace Chief James Mann. He was highly respected among the police, Lozier said. 
he was a good, steady leader when Embridge needed that. Ramudas also was Embridge's chief from 2006 through 2011, when he became Elwood City's chief through 2014. He had also worked as a Beaver County Sheriff's deputy. He spent the bulk of his law enforcement career in Pittsburgh, where he served in Zone 2 from 1983, until his retirement from the department in 2004. He was my former lieutenant, Schwarzwelder said, just a wonderful human being dedicated to the law enforcement service. Schwarzwelder and Romulus completed FBI fingerprint training together and had been friends for decades. Romulus had excellent leadership qualities, a helpful ear and was extremely intelligent, Schwarzwelder said. He also taught criminal justice as an adjunct professor at the University of Pittsburgh and Community College of Beaver County. Over the years, Schwarzwelder and Romulus would exchange random texts and emails and debate points of the U.S. Constitution, Schwarzwelder said. His unique abilities brought progressive change to the Ambridge Police Department, including his monthly coffee with a cop, to routinely walking a beat on Merchant Street interacting with business owners and his personal approach, Ambridge Mayor David Drunowski said in a statement. He also was an active member of Ambridge's Saints Peter and Paul Ukrainian Catholic Church, where he and his family volunteered around the church, according to the borough's statement. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.